Welcome to our second bonus episode of 2019. I'm Paul Gullman. <laughs> oh, sweet God. How do I not know how to pronounce my name? How do you stumble over that? It's probably the thing that we have said the most in our lives. I'm Paul Gilmartin, and this is the Mental Illness Happy Hour, a place for honesty about all the battles in our heads. Uh, blah, blah, blah. This is a bonus episode, and uh, I just want to read about a half dozen surveys, some happy moments, some awful some moments, and uh, some shame and secret surveys. And this first one is filled out. It's a shame and secret survey filled out by a guy who calls himself Tig. He is straight in his 40s, uh, has never been sexually abused, never been physically or emotionally abused. Uh, Darkest thoughts. My daughter has put on a load of weight recently, and I worry that I don't love her as much. Um, One of the things that I love about surveys is that people will share things that they feel or they think that they would probably not even share in therapy or in a support group. And uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, I don't know what it's like to have a kid. Um, so I don't even know what to say uh, about that. But I just love that somebody is writing that knowing that that's not ideal, an ideal way to feel about your child, but they're not going to brush it away. And to me, that's where so much of the potential for growth and growth in our lives is, is that thing that we don't want to think about, that thing that we don't want to admit we're feeling or thinking. And if you imagine the life that you want or the authentic feeling of being you that you want to achieve, it's impossible if we don't deal with these fucked up things. You know, and I put the word fucked up in quotes because I imagine what he is feeling is perhaps not uncommon. Uh, Darkest Secrets. I've been a male escort and nobody knows. I would love to have a male escort uh, as a guest or just have a male escort at my beck and call. (laughs) I think if I am going to uh, take a stab at uh, homosexuality or bisexuality, I think an escort is the way to go. He was raised in a slightly dysfunctional environment. Sexual fantasy is most powerful to him. Hardcore S&M. Uh, what, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? Why do you torture me? Why did you really marry me? I would love to know more about that. Um, but that's all he wrote. What, if anything, do you wish for? Mental peace. Have you shared these things with others? Never. How do you feel after writing these things down? Ashamed of myself. Is there anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? No. Thank you for filling that that out. And, and I'm sorry that you're feeling pain and um, judgment towards your daughter and towards yourself. But, you know, the, in my opinion, those are not things that are that have to be forever. 
Um, but we got to take some type of action if, if we want to kind of shake those things loose that are bothering us. Because we can intellectually know, oh, this is not healthy for me to think this or feel this or do this. But to take that impulse away is another matter entirely. I'm struggling with uh, the Pop-Tarts. I bought a... (laughs) This is embarrassing to admit out loud. I bought a case of unfrosted blueberry Pop-Tarts from the internet. I had a kind listener had shipped me like six boxes maybe a month ago and I've gone through them already. And I'm on this thing where I'm eating two packages so that would be four Pop-Tarts every night and I don't eat sweets during the day. I don't even crave them but for some reason at night there's this thing this last couple of years that's just it's like an agitation a discomfort and that seems to be the thing that scratches the itch and I'm talking to my therapist about it and it's not like I'm withholding you know any self-love because I'm doing this but it's something that I think is worth investigating and so I'm working on it but I'm not waiting to approve of myself until I stop eating oh and I should also mention that I I follow it up with two ice cream sandwiches Anyway, continuing. This is a happy moment filled out by a woman who calls herself first time orgasming, no joke. And she writes, I recently, and she's uh, in her 30s. She writes, I recently started listening to your podcast and I chuckle at your interest in orgasms. Sometimes I refer to myself as the orgasm detective because reading thousands of the shame and secret surveys, I've read, I think like 7,000 of them at this point. Not to mention all the people I know in support groups and books I've read, but the relationship between things that have happened to people, environments they were raised in, um, and the things that make us come the hardest is endlessly fascinating to me. And sometimes I joke and I call myself the orgasm detective. Continuing, as a 35-year-old female, I've never had an orgasm with another person, nor had I had one by myself. I knew what an orgasm was because I've had probably 10 in my entire lifetime while in some sort of twilight sleep where I was semi-conscious and half-dreaming. So I knew my body could work. I could just never bring myself there while conscious. I'm chalking this up to my upbringing as a Catholic. I feel like I was raised with a lot of shame around sexuality. I knew something was very wrong or weird or unfortunate with the fact that no matter what I did, I could not climax. As far as sex went, it was good, but never led anywhere down a path that told me I was even anywhere close. Needless to say, I am really good at faking it. I had a partner for five years who never even had a clue. Masturbating, I would get bored and just give up. Fast forward to now. I've been putting a lot of work into my psyche, confidence building, etc., and I decided, fuck it, I'm ordering a vibrator. After 35 years, I finally didn't care about the shame and embarrassment surrounding having, quote, needs, and I orgasmed in literally 30 seconds. I feel like I'm finally a part of the club. But really, I finally feel normal. 
like I am not some broken person with a dark secret. I just had to let go of a lot of mental baggage that kept my mental and physical bodies separated and enlisting the help of a vibrating blue penis, of course. To all the women out there who have never orgasmed, you're not alone. There are a lot more of us than one might imagine, and vibrators really do work. Get one. Nobody gives you shit. You deserve it. That is awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, and the other thing that I'm told works well, if you don't have a vibrator, is positioning yourself so that your uh, genitals are... That's so weird to use it. It just sounds so clinical. Because I... I don't want to say genitals, and I don't want to say pussy. Wait, there has to be an in-between. Your your penitals? <laughs> your poo anitals? Uh, underneath the uh, faucet in the bathtub. And that apparently really does it for some, some ladies. This is a shame and secret survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Waves. And she's straight in her 20s, raised in, um, she writes a little dysfunctional, her environment, but then also checks all of the above. So I don't know, maybe she was raised in different environments. I've ever been the victim of sexual abuse. Uh, my first boss during my high school job, he would get drunk and try to kiss me, probably explains why I've always been nervous and awkward with all my bosses. At the time, I honestly thought this was funny. This guy always made me nervous, uh, but when this happened, I thought he was ridiculous, which makes me wonder how is it that that had been become almost normalized and humorous in in her mind. You know, I can't imagine that there was there was an environment that she was raised in that had a lot of boundaries and where she felt seen and heard. Uh, she's been emotionally abused. My parents made me feel like such shit that it has taken a decade of therapy. Um, darkest thoughts uh, that I will kill myself or that I would kill myself. Darkest secrets that I suffer so much on a daily basis with mental illness. Sexual fantasies most powerful to you. None. What, if anything, do you wish for to find a husband and have a happy marriage? Have you shared these things with others? They just wouldn't understand, and even if they tried, they could not help. And she feels the same after writing this stuff out. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to to read this is, what if anything do you wish for? Uh, to find a husband and have a happy marriage. I was just having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about intimacy, because we had both, have both struggled uh, in our lives to find intimacy, um, you know, romantic intimacy, to feel comfortable in a relationship. And um, I was sharing that in the relationship I'm in now, I'm finding new things uh, as a result of the work I've done in support groups and therapy and trauma modalities and all that other stuff. And that one of the things that I've discovered is the pleasure in loving. Um, it used to be, what am I getting? And I think it's because I didn't have any self-love in me. So how could I have love to give if I am empty to begin with? And so it often would be 
expressions of love were things that I thought were the right thing to do. And that's not that they never came organically or genuinely, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy for me because I was so filled with self-hatred and I thought that I was broken, that I was just cold and weird and that it would never change. And the biggest changer for me has been self-care, practicing boundaries, cutting toxic people out of my life, um, doing healthy things for myself. Uh, and so what does that have to do with this survey? Well, when you write to find a husband and have a happy marriage, no partner is going to fix another partner. They can only add to your life. You know, I like to think of it as they can never be the cake. They can be the icing, but they can never be the cake. We got to be our own cake. There's my analogy. Hate me, hate me if you will, but that is what I have found that if we carve out a life for ourselves that is authentic, where we don't feel trapped, and where we can accept the things that we don't have control over. It's amazing what can happen, how our energy can change, how we can view ourselves differently, the world differently, and who we surround ourselves with, who we are attracted to, and who is attracted to us. All of that changes. Um, and so, if the woman who filled this out is is reading this, you know, you wrote, my parents made me feel like such shit that it has taken a decade of therapy. Um, keep, keep at it with, with the therapy or the, or the support groups, because until you get to a place where you would be okay, if you never had a partner, where you enjoy your own company, um, where that's not a frightening thought and doesn't feel like you're a loser, um, I think true intimacy is difficult if we're still looking for somebody to fill a part of ourselves that is really meant for us to fill ourselves. And one of the things my friend and I were talking about is goals. And so often goals, which can be great, but I think so often goals are used as a way to conditionally love ourselves or to love someone else. If I can do this thing. If I can run this marathon, then I'll give myself a pat on the back. But why can't you love yourself as much as you would if you've never run a marathon? Because all human human beings are worthy of love. And tying our accomplishments or how society perceives us or how much money we have into how much love we will have for ourselves, or, or you know, forget even love, just regard, self-respect, worthiness, to feel safe, to have needs, to express them, to say no to people, to extricate ourselves from situations that may displease other people. Those are all things that I had to learn how to do and as a result of them, I, I don't feel trapped. I, I 
in my daily life. I've carved out a life that is authentic to me and I don't look to things to save me or make me feel whole. Things add to my life. And it's not like everything's perfect. I mean, I'm still eating these Pop-Tarts at nights. But the overall progress has been a revelation for me. And I've never been happier or had a bigger belly. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Eh, kind of. But I don't think I'm a piece of shit because I have a big belly. I do find myself doing that thing, though, where you tug at your T-shirt because you can't really tell. Oh, is it riding up? <laughs> Are people checking out the lint in my navel? Uh, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. So go to stitchfix.com slash metal and tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist who will handpick five items and send them right to your door. Then you try them on, you pay only for what you love, and you return the rest. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. There's no subscription required. You can sign up to receive scheduled shipments or get your, quote, fix whenever you want. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only $20, which is applied towards anything you keep from your shipment. So get started now at stitchfix.com slash mental, and you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all five items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash mental to get started today. Stitchfix.com slash mental. And we'll put a link to this under the show notes. This is a shame and secret survey filled out by a guy who calls himself Thank You. And he is uh, bisexual in his 40s, was raised in a totally chaotic environment, um, was the victim of sexual abuse and never reported it. Uh, he writes, my aunt, who was about 32, made me take a shower with her when I was six and wash her breasts, and she scrubbed my penis. I remember thinking, I am supposed to feel clean after I shower, then why do I feel so dirty? People may think, oh my God, that's so rare. Uh, sadly, this is not. Um, it's, it's, it's more common than you th- would think, is what I should say. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Bring up the topic of unwanted sexual touching um, during childhood with a, a, a group of males, and you will find so many more of them have experienced something from both females and males uh, growing up, but we typically don't talk about it until there's a conversation going about it. I talked about my childhood experiences, um, the stuff that happened to me from my mom. And I talked about it in a support group meeting one time. And the rest of the meeting, it was a men's only meeting from guy to guy to guy to guy. They started talking about their abuse that they had 
experienced. You know, maybe their mother bringing home guys and, you know, f- fucking them six feet away from the, from the kid or, um, you know, having the kid watch them while, you know, watch their mom while she would shave her genitals or, um, you know, He has been physically abused and uh, emotionally abused. Uh, Both mom and dad were alcoholic and drug addicts. Mom was more violent and mean than dad. Dad hit me with a baseball bat when I was 10. Any positive experiences? Absolutely, I love my mom and dad, but they were so brutal to me as a kid. It has been very conflicting. Uh, Darkest thoughts, that I would murder people at random. Darkest secrets. I can't ejaculate during sex with women I care about. With hookers, I can, but not with women I like. And that is not uncommon for somebody who's been sexually abused. Um, that's. I feel like I'm like like uh, I'm a broken record right now, and I'm really self-conscious. Uh, sexual fantasies most powerful to you. Sex with dominatrixes. And just the S&M stuff, but it leads to a sexual relationship. Sharing anything sexually brings up tons of shame. Uh, What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? To my girlfriend or the woman I am dating, sex with you is boring because you like me. If you don't like me or were indifferent to me, it would be good. I lived that for probably up until a few years ago that my heart could not be connected to my genitals fully. And I thought I was broken. But if you do enough work, I believe, because I've experienced it, you can enjoy sex with somebody that that you care about. And it has nothing to do so often with the other person. It didn't with me. It was about me disliking myself and being afraid of being judged or rejected. What, if anything, would you like to say to someone you haven't been able to? Oh, we just did that one. Have you shared these things with others? Yes and no. Sponsors and others in uh, 12-step programs. Uh, People in 12-step programs are generally pretty great. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, He feels relieved after writing this, and he would like to feel peace. Um, Anything you'd like to share with someone who shares your thoughts or experiences? You are not alone. You are not bad or damaged goods. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It's like the thing that all of these surveys have in common that, that I've been reading is that deep down underneath it is there is a feeling of not being enough. I think 99% of us on the planet, if not always, a lot of the time are subconsciously thinking or feeling that we don't do enough, we don't have enough, and we aren't enough. And it's corrosive. It is corrosive. And most societies encourage that idea because isn't 
isn't that what capitalism and it's not like I'm a communist I like material things but they they can't fill that part just like a partner can't fill that part and I'm talking about uh, the anal cavity this is a shame and secret survey filled out by happy hour Harriet and she writes uh, she's straight in her 40s was raised in a pretty dysfunctional environment she's never been sexually abused she's been emotionally abused uh, father died at a young age and we had an emotionally abusive manipulative mother that made us feel like failures for not being able to support her financially we grew up extremely poor and she was terrible with money she would spend all the money we had on crap when the first of the month came around then had no money for the light bill she would tell me to call my grandmother and cry to beg her for money uh, she forced me to take all the student loans I could so I could give it to her so she could use it to pay bills. I felt I had no choice because my little brothers were dependent on her. Any positive experiences with uh, your abusers? Hell yes, she was my mom, my best friend, and wanted her love and affection. She knew she could manipulate me to do anything she wanted. That still doesn't mean you had any positive experiences. Um you know, if it comes with her doing things for you because she knows it will win your affection, I don't know, that to me is not, that's conditional love. It's, it's amazing how easily we will take conditional love if we feel like we're not enough. Darkest thoughts. My mother was ill in and out of hospitals for two decades of my life and there were times I wish she would just die so it would be over. I'm jealous of other people with supportive parents and when their parents die, I feel almost no pity. At least you had a supportive parent for an amount of time. You should be grateful. I'm a manager at work and having had to muscle through really hard times, divorce, addiction, depression, loss, financial problems, and still manage to kick ass at work. I have so little pity to give people in any predicament that affects their performance. I don't care what you're going through. I care that you're causing me more work because you can't get your shit together. Ugh, I sound terrible. You don't sound terrible. You sound like you have an ability to compartmentalize your pain that works for you at the workplace, but doesn't work for you outside of the workplace. And um, I think it's possible that you can have both. It just takes a lot of a lot of work and processing. Darkest secrets. Too many to list. The horrible things you do in search of drugs and alcohol. Stealing, lying, and cheating. I've turned it around. Two and a half years sober, but wow, rough years. Sexual fantasies most powerful to you. Rape fantasies. Men as slaves for my pleasure. Being a woman, but having a cock and fucking men. I'm okay sharing them. Actually not ashamed of those fantasies. And you shouldn't be. Um, as long as it's with a consenting adult. High fucking five, man. Uh, anything you would like to say to someone you haven't been able to? I would like to tell my younger brothers they abandoned me and our mom when she was sick for 20 years. This way, I can complete the cycle and make them feel guilty and shitty for wanting a life just like my mom did to me. Ha. Didn't plan that. Happened organically. 
Uh, what, if anything, do you wish for? Enough money to travel, have plastic surgeries, and buy nice handbags. Have you shared these things with others? Shared most things with my wonderful, supportive husband, but that's it. Um, and she feels okay after writing this down. Um, and congrats on your sobriety. That's huge, man. There's, like, if there, if we got an active addiction, it's trying to get anywhere is just like walking up an escalator. This is a happy moment filled out by a woman, who, or a trans woman who calls uh, herself Blossom. And she writes, I started creative writing therapy last year and it turned into something I've released, has helped others heal, has a relatively big audience and gotten praise from some of my favorite writers. I feel proud of myself for the first time, for getting the courage to share my writing after 15 years of hiding it. And I feel proud that I did something that helped people. I never thought I'd do anything with my life. And even if I never do anything else again, I'm glad my suicide my suicide attempts failed. For the first time, I'm happy that I exist. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. It's amazing the feeling of community and feeling seen and feeling authentic, speaking our truth. It's such an amazing feeling. Almost as good as unfrosted blueberry Pop-Tarts. God damn it, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> I currently have... Let's see, if you subtract the six or eight that I've eaten in the last two days, uh, I have 96 Pop-Tarts in my cabinet. And when I say cabinet, again, I mean my anal cavity. This is an awful moment. Uh, we're going to end on this one. And it's a little dark, but uh, I, I just love it. I think it's this podcast in a nutshell. It's filled out by a woman who calls herself Urban Dweller. And she writes, I've thought a lot about suicide lately and how I want the end of my days to go. I've been preoccupied that I'll cause sadness to more people than I would like, strangers even. So something as dramatic as jumping off the 17th story rooftop seems like a terrible idea. Poor people arriving to their offices the next day would have to step over my bits and pieces on the sidewalk. Well, now we know that she's English. Uh, people would have to step over my bits and pieces on the sidewalk. Rude. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody passing by a suicide victim on the sidewalk and going, well, that was rude. <laughs> of all the nerve. So I headed out to scope out the right bridge to hop off. I wanted to make sure it's peaceful and quiet, but mostly that I'll be able to hoist my disabled body over the side. So I walked to the bridge I'm most familiar with. Apparently, it was just demolished the other day. Nowhere to be found. So I walked a few miles to the next one. Also gone. Where the fuck did all the bridges go in this damn city, and how do people get across the fucking river every day? There are no bridges for me to jump off of. I slinked home laughing and crying at the same time. Well played, universe. Well played. 
That is the definition of awfulsome. Thank you for that. And I hope you're feeling better than you were when you, when you filled this out. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Himalaya. If you guys have not checked out Himalaya yet, uh, the podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. It's a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. So whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool features every day. Go to your app store and download Himalaya. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And don't forget to follow this here show called The Mental Illness Happy Hour. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. And uh, thank you again to everybody that goes and fills out the surveys. You're such an important part. Even if I never read your survey uh, on the podcast, because there are there simply not enough time to, and I like to use the word simply. Um, I'm fanning myself as I use the word simply. Um, <laughs> there just isn't enough time to read all the all the surveys, but. Um, to read them on air. But I appreciate every one of you that goes and pours your heart out into those uh, into those surveys because they make this show so much, so much better. And if you're out there and you're struggling, just remember you're not alone. And thanks for listening. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautiful. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way.